This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 77. Hey everybody, how are you doing? I'm feeling good today. Um, I'm recording this episode solo and it is a topic that I have been researching and deep diving in from the summer really. It's become something that has always been on my radar I suppose but it's something that's really really captured my interest lately and I'm excited to talk about it in detail with you today because I think it's something we don't talk about enough. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at me and Ola, if you don't why not, um, if you follow me on Instagram you might have seen just this past week that I announced something new that I've been working on. It's called 15 Minute Magic and it's basically a tool for creatives or business owners out there who feel like they are stuck in what I tend to call passive action. So that's when you're signing up and taking courses or maybe not quite finishing the courses. You're listening to all the podcasts, you're reading all the books, you're making all the lists, but you're struggling to actually ever do any of the work. So the program I've announced is really built around the concept of a daily prompt, which I'm sending directly to people's phones. um, So you don't have to wade into your inbox first thing. And it gives you a single 15 minute task or activity. So like 15 minutes, that's it, you're done. And if you do those 15 minutes every day, that should add up to 15 hours of super intentional, really specific action that you're taking in your business consistently over the three months. And it's not stealing you away from your work or from all the stuff that you actually built a business or went freelance to be doing, like doing your making or your writing or your art or seeing your clients. I've seen so many people stuck in this place of just never taking the action that they've identified that they want to be taking. And so I really wanted to make something that was going to be super easy super rewarding, super motivating to help us break through that pattern of procrastination and start bringing real results and that sense of achievement back into everything that we do. So anyway, that's the sideline just catching you up on the program. But as part of building this whole program of 15 Minute Magic, I knew I wanted to speak to a few people out there who were struggling with this just so I could get a really good sense of how it shows up for different people and so I could make sure that and making the program as universally useful and applicable as possible. So I asked for volunteers who might want to have a quick chat with me via Skype on my Instagram stories. And like, I had already figured out that this was a problem, right? Because I've seen it show up for myself. I've seen it for so many students. I've seen it for clients and friends. But what blew me away from the response to my stories was just how many people confessed to being completely and miserably stuck with this problem. Like, I don't want to break anyone's confidentiality, but some people who you would really never, ever expect, people I would have sworn from watching from the outside had all their shit together, put their hands up and said, you've just described me. Now, that's quite good news for me, I suppose, because it means I'm working on something that's going to be genuinely useful to lots of you. Yay. But it also made me think, wow, we really need to talk about this more openly because there's just so much, too much shame and baggage associated with working and with not working. That means none of us are really able to see or talk about the problem clearly. So I want to start with some very basic and I think indisputable truths. Number one, none of us chose the brain that we have. Like this wasn't just a 
misguided buying decision, like my friend who just found out his new car can't fit all his kids in the back. I love you, James, if you're listening. Um, Like we all just got what we got. We have what we have. And while we can do some things and make improvements and try out various techniques and strategies, we're probably never going to be able to change the basic operating system of our brains. And two, we are just never taught this stuff, how to push past resistance, how to take action, how to get rid of procrastination. Think about in school, literally the only way we are taught to stick to deadlines and do the work is a threat of punishment and possibly poor grades if we don't. That is 100% stick, there is no carrot. And it's actually pretty useless if you then go on to be self-employed because nobody is going to give you a detention for not doing what you said you would do. So if you're struggling with resistance and if you are stuck in that passive action cycle or maybe you just keep on procrastinating, I have something super important I want to say to you. You're not lazy. I'm going to say it again. You are not lazy. This isn't a choice that you're actively making. I really believe that. The reason I know it is because not taking action makes us miserable. Laziness, if such a thing even exists... It's not going to be people choosing to not do the things that they know they want to do and instead spending their time feeling like a miserable failure. Lazy people don't berate themselves for the tasks that go unfinished. They don't spend a small fortune buying every planner or organizer or app they can find. They don't try to constantly improve themselves and listen to podcasts like this about how to take more action. So please put that word out of your vocabulary. What you're experiencing is not laziness. It's not a fundamental problem with you. You're experiencing resistance and resistance always exists for an identifiable reason. Now, I say identifiable, but that's not always the easiest work. I think about those, do you remember those magic eye pictures from the 90s? They all had an identifiable image behind the crazy patterns, but it often took an awful lot of staring and long, hard looking for anyone to be able to decode and see it. So if you're struggling with resistance in your business life or your creative life, this is the first place to start. We have to start looking, and I mean really, really looking. Next time that resistance shows up for you, I want you to notice it and then compassionately try and observe your own thinking. So just sit back, watch what your brain is saying and doing and thinking like you're an outside observer. It can take a bit of practice if you're not used to doing it. If you're someone who meditates or has maybe done therapy, this is probably more of a familiar concept. But you just want to keep looking, keep listening, no judgment. Just try to stay curious about what it is your brain is thinking and feeling. Now, this is actually quite hard. It sounds so simple. But what most of us do when we start to get into that cycle of feeling the negative resistance feelings is do anything we can to escape it. We distract ourselves. We busy ourselves with other stuff. We'll do anything we can to not look at this feeling and not spend time with it. So you're pushing against that and doing the opposite. Of the two, the thought and the feeling, I find the feeling is usually easiest to spot. So we might suddenly feel fatigued or irrationally irritable or anxious or apathetic. And I would really, really encourage you to start making a list of these feelings. Just jot them down somewhere. And because actually I find it sometimes quite hard to find a name for all of our feelings, I'm going to link in the show notes to a graphic that I really love that shows a really full spectrum of human emotions that I think helps pinpoint exactly what's going on. 
So keep noticing them, keep writing them down. And then when you feel ready, it's time to figure out what the thought is that's coming with them and actually driving that emotion. Now, if you're anything like me, this might be around the time when you're starting to roll your eyes and be like, oh, I thought this was going to be helpful. She's just telling me to think about my feelings. I know it probably doesn't seem like something so ephemeral, something so intangible as a feeling can be having an impact on something as absolutely real world tangible as a to-do list. But actually... Feelings are the motivation and the drive behind everything we do. Every choice we make is either because we want to feel something or we don't want to feel something. Here is an example I always come back to when I talk about this. Like, have any of you out there ever tried to quit smoking or drinking? I haven't, but I have supported a good friend who was trying to quit smoking. And she had struggled for years, like the whole time I'd known her, before I knew her, years and years and years. And she tried everything. I think she had hypnosis. She had all the patches. She had apps. You name it. I think she probably tried it. And she was like genuinely motivated to quit. She knew how bad it was for your health. And she wanted to be trying for a baby in the near future. She had so many good reasons to not want to smoke. But everything she tried would last for so long and then she would fail again. She'd fall back into old patterns and she'd be really upset with herself and it was back to square one and then I will always remember the day that she called me from her car she'd just been into a doctor's appointment about her breathing and she'd been given a really really scary prognosis or a diagnosis that was directly linked to her smoking right there and right then she quit smoking forever change the feelings and you change the whole playing field It's our thoughts, it's our motivations, it's what the story is inside our head that determines how hard the task in front of us really is for us and whether we succeed. I think what most of us do and probably what we're taught to do by that educational system and by the typical nine to five job system is that we skip that step. We try to fix things with that plain old brute force and willpower like my friend stopping smoking or anyone who's ever tried to stick to a New Year's resolution. It's like if we just hate ourselves hard enough and maybe ignore all those thoughts and feelings that get in the way, then we can just get to our goal and start doing the thing that we know that we want to be doing. And it kind of works, but the problem is it's exhausting and it is completely unsustainable. It's like trying to stop um, a ceiling leak by adding more and more tape over the water every time it drips through so it can't get through. It's not going to fix the cause. And for every one of those little drops of water that you don't let through, a great big puddle is forming that's going to come crashing through your ceiling when you least expect it. Something I saw on Reddit just last week that's really stuck with me is someone saying you can't change your own mind with your own mind. Like you can't defeat your mind by thinking about it harder. And if it's you versus you, Either way, you're going to lose. So we need to do something different. We need to take action. But if you can work with yourself to get past it instead, then that's how things can move forward. So I have a little worksheet for this that I'm making for the program, but it's basically just a series of headers. So you can make it for yourself in your notebook. I will put these headers and prompts in the show notes so you can go and copy them down. If I get time, I'll also make a downloadable version of it. So go and check in the show notes. The link will be in the listing for this podcast in your podcast app, and you'll be able to get all of this information I'm about to share with you. So in your notebook, on your worksheet, first thing up, write down the thing you want to be doing. 
So maybe it's start reading that business book or it's write my email newsletter to my subscribers, whatever it looks like for you in that moment, that specific thing that's triggering your resistance, write that down. Now, what's the feeling? Spend some time with it. Check out that graphic of the feelings, which one most closely matches what you're experiencing right now. And then try and figure out what's the thought. So here are some common ones. You might think, well, it's not going to work or it's not even going to matter anyway if I do this now or I'll have time to do it later. Whenever you look at the thoughts, remember to stay curious and to stay compassionate. It's not an exercise in judging yourself. It doesn't matter what comes out of your brain. The key is to identify it and then we can move forwards. So the thought is the thought. Just try and get it down on paper. And then the final step is to imagine a good friend or a business owner that you admire maybe has told you that they're experiencing these exact thoughts and feelings. What do you say? And then write that down too, because trust me, there's just some cognitive magic to be found in not just thinking things, but actually writing them down slowly with an actual pen and paper. And this is one of those exercises where wants won't work. It change in any form has to happen in tiny incremental steps, which is frustrating if you're like me and you like immediate gratification. And it's why I've written a program that lasts a quarter, it's three months, because that's how long it takes to build a pattern of change. But if you keep coming back to this exercise again and again, I guarantee you'll start to see the patterns. You'll start to see common themes coming up and you'll start to figure out what it is you need to fix, what it is you need to work on about your thinking and your feelings in order to get rid of this resistance long term. Now, an important thing to note here is that often the feelings might come dressed up as facts and sometimes they're going to have a really, really convincing costume, but do not fall for it. These are all thoughts. They are biased. They are one sided and they are influenced heavily by your own fears and doubts and experience of the world. Okay, so in that list of common thoughts, I mentioned one about, oh, well, I'll have time to do that later. And that one is a little bit different because often that is true, at least in theory. And this one, I think, is tied to a much bigger issue that a lot of us have. So quite a few of us who are self-employed, and I count myself in this, we have way too much open and unstructured time. So I'm not saying you don't have enough work hours, nothing like that. I'm saying our time is too open, it's too flexible, and that makes our working life harder actually think it sounds really counterintuitive, but if you have too much free time, you will do less. You will get less done the more flexibility and free time you have as default in your schedule. Now, that's not to say that you need to be filling more of your time with work. In fact, I think the opposite is probably more true for most of us. What we need is blocks of time where we non-negotiably sit down and get to work And also equally non-negotiable time where we feed our soul, care for our body and spend time with our family and friends and loved ones. So you might book in a regular lunch with a friend, a Pilates class, a dog walk with a neighbor. It can even be tuning in to a live broadcast online or on TV. Actually, I think that this is one of the big downsides to the advent of streaming sites like Netflix, which obviously I love. It's hard for me to see any downsides to them. But I do think it's given us another movable goalpost in our days. 
It's something else that we get to slide around in our schedules. And the problem with sliding schedules is too often everything slides out of reach and all of our time starts to get lost in the nothingness in between. Now, I'm just about old enough to remember when like your favorite show would be on at whatever time, let's say 6.30. And I can imagine working I was too young to do this then, but I can imagine working to that deadline. Like I would have to get all of my stuff done in the afternoon and push myself a that little bit harder, but get it finished in time that I could tune into my show. But when the show is on Netflix and I can catch it whenever I want, two temptations appear. One, I could just watch it now. Or two, I can just keep pushing it back. I can make that job I've got to complete that afternoon, stretch out. I can faff about, I can get distracted and maybe not wrap it up until 8, 9 p.m. Then I'll tune into the show. Then I probably won't stop watching the show and have a big binge and it'll be 1 a.m. before I go to bed. That's the danger of a sliding schedule. I think the same is true when we waste time on our phones. I don't think it's the phone that's really the problem. It's the schedule. If you have to be at work for 9 o'clock every day or you're going to get fired... Most people are not going to have any problems putting their phone down when it's time to get out the door. But if you want to be sat down at your kitchen table with your laptop around nine-ish because you're self-employed, but you don't have anything solid booked in until that client call that starts at 11, then yeah, the phone might become a bit of an issue. I sort of hate that this is true because I'm someone who naturally does not enjoy the restraint of a schedule, but I've really found I need it. I think most of us have already come across that idea that work will expand to fill the time available. And that is sort of true, but so will procrastination, so will resistance, and so will fear. Okay, so let's talk about that fear for a moment, because it's actually super relevant to everything we're looking at here. Fear is the secret fuel for so much of our procrastination and our resistance. Now, obviously, for most of us, it's not an immediate fear. I'm not saying that you are scared of Pinterest, but as irrational as it feels and as counterintuitive as it sounds, a lot of the time, if we dig deep enough, we'll discover that we're secretly kind of scared of achieving our goals. Creating success, earning better money or being super visible is a scary thing to do, especially because it calls into question so many of the things that we've always been told and always believed about who we are. And it risks failure. Like if you try, if you really actually do all the work and give it your absolute best shot this time, and then it still doesn't work out, well, what does that mean? Does it mean that it can't ever happen? That's terrifying. Our brains are completely rational. I don't blame them for wanting to protect us from that devastating crash. Our egos would be completely crippled if that scenario really happened. But here's the thing. If you actually do the trying, you're not going to fail. All of these things we're talking about, courses or Instagram or Pinterest or email lists, whatever it looks like, they're just a numbers game. If you show up often enough and you do a good enough job, then it's going to happen. The people you see who are outpacing you or making amazing things happen online, they're not somehow just better or luckier. They've just learned how to push past their terror a little bit more easily. Now, there are so many ways you can tackle this, and the answer is probably different for everybody. But here's how me and my brain work. When I get scared, I jump straight into taking action. Like in episode 73, where I talk about the 10 things I do when I feel like I'm failing. 
But I find the best way for me to shut down those unhelpful thoughts in my brain is to get to work and start building the evidence to prove it wrong. So when the thought was, oh, maybe nobody's going to buy my new class, I go, okay, well, let's announce it. Let's put an email sign-up box on the page, make a quick introduction so people know that it's coming, and then let's just see how many people want to talk to me about it. Because if that fear is right, then I need to know about it as soon as possible. And if it's wrong, then I need to get it out of the way so I can get on with the work that the rest of me really wants to make happen. The thing is, sometimes the fear is so broad or some of those thoughts are so convincing that it can be hard to know even where to start. And that was one of the big driving forces that made me start creating the 15-minute magic program because sometimes you just need to start. Just start taking small and regular steps of action. And what's really crucial is that whatever you do with those steps turns really quickly into evidence to silence your fears and doubts. So we need quick action, but we also need quick results. So we have evidence to use as fuel to help us move to take more action. And then we gather more results and we start to kind of be a bit of a snowball effect. So that's been in my mind as I've been writing these prompts for 15 Minute Magic. What brings me the biggest gains in the smallest amount of time and action? So what are the best ways right now as small business owners and as creatives to move the needle forwards in our business? using only a little bit of time every day. So of course, I've put some insider tips and hacks in there from me, but there's also so many complete no-brainers. Like schedule pins on Pinterest for 15 minutes once a week to drip out across the week. If you get that prompt to your phone and take immediate action every single week, I can pretty much guarantee that a month from now, you'll be getting more Pinterest traffic. Or spend 15 minutes engaging with people that you've never come across before on Instagram but have loads in common with well guess what that's going to lead to irrefutable increased engagement in return and then your brain can't argue its way out of seeing that the great thing is that once we see the results once we get that little dopamine reward triggering in our brain it gets easier and easier to take more action and then extend that to other areas and keep pushing ahead day after day after day Now, I'm really conscious I don't want this episode to feel like it's just an infomercial for my program. It's really not. You don't need to buy anything to start putting these ideas to work. In fact, I've actually made a free little set of printable cards that come with daily prompts for you to just try out. If that works for you, you can find them in the show notes for this episode at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast 77. And then you can make a little stack of them on your desk, pull one off every day, set yourself a 15 minute timer and see what you can achieve. I was laughing actually, um, talking to Jen Carrington, who I host uh, Letters from a Hopeful Creative, my other podcast with. And I was saying the people who really need my program the most are never going to get around to printing those cards out. Like I just know because I've been there. It's actually like an accidental genius marketing strategy or something because the chronic procrastinators amongst you. Hello, I see you. You will go, you will sign up to get the cards, you'll open the PDF and then you'll never do anything with it. You know who you are. I think we've probably all been there with downloads on the internet. But even if that's you, I do want to urge you to go and to do that. Just that one seemingly tiny step because first steps are important and action is important. Plus, if you sign up, I can also send you more information about the program, various other freebies I'm planning to share from it over the next few months. And they won't all require you to use your printer, so they might feel a bit more immediately actionable to you. Okay, so I feel like this has been a lot of talking for me this episode. So I'm going to summarize what we've talked about today. Number one, 
Resistance exists for a reason and you're not just lazy. Number two, we can't bully or force our way out of our procrastination tendencies or any form of resistance. Number three, uncovering our thoughts and feelings is essential work to getting past that resistance and the procrastination. Four, time, especially unstructured time, is the enemy of our productivity. And five, fear can be driven away by action. I have so much more on all these topics of productivity and flow state and procrastination and why these things are all so interlinked and fascinating. So I'm hoping to share more of it with you in some upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for that over the next few weeks. And if you want to know more about 15 Minute Magic, I've only scratched the surface on what is involved with it in this episode today. But suffice to say, I am genuinely excited about it. I feel like it's something that could really, truly help so many people. And I... I'm only interested in making things that are going to bring awesome results. So if you want to take a look at it, you can head to meanola.co.uk forward slash magic and you will see everything there. While you're there, if you pop your email address in the little box, you will get on the list that's going to be invited at a special prize for this very first enrollment as a founding member of the 15 Minute Magic community. Okay, enough from me. I am so interested to hear from you about all of these things. What does procrastination and resistance look like for you in your business? What's worked for you? What's not worked for you? What's maybe worked for like five days and then stopped working completely? And what messages have you received from the outside world about what it means about you as a human or as a business owner if you struggle to get started or get things done? You can come and tell me on Twitter. I'm at me and Orla. I'm there far too often. And I'm also on Instagram at me and Orla. There's some underscores in there, but if you type it in, it will pop up in your search results. Ping me a DM or leave me a comment. I know people always say this in podcasts, but I love hearing from you guys. It makes this feel so much more like a conversation instead of me just wittering onto myself. And it really helps me make what I share more useful and more relevant and more specific to the stuff that's going on in people's lives and businesses. Okay, I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you next time for another episode. 